0: Uh, we know that we all need peace in these days, right? If you don't know me, my name is Shane Pringle. Um, it's always good to be here to speak God's word to each and every one of you. Amen. But before I go in the word of God, I want us to pray for Chris as in the group as they're in Italy. How many know that's important to pray for them as they travel through the week? You know, when you're in the car, on your way to work, when you get up, just say a prayer for them, right? So, we're going to pray for them. And we want to pray for each and every one of you that may have something heavy on your heart. Something that may be on your mind. Something that you thought about when you got here this morning that was hard for you to let go. Now, how many of you know that we all have some things that we're struggling with, that we're going through, that we need to let go of? But at the end of the day, how many of you thank God that when you come here, that you can not only feel the presence of God, but that you can allow Him to deliver you from whatever is holding you down and whatever is holding you back. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We pray and ask God that you will bless each and every individual under the sound of my voice that are here, that are watching. I pray and ask God that you will meet their every need you know what it is that they're going through, you know what it is that they're faced with, you know the battles, you know the struggles. And I pray and ask God that you will strengthen and uphold and that you'll break every chain, every shackle, and everything, God, that is embedded within their mind, that is holding them down, I pray that you release them in the name of Jesus, that we won't leave out the same way we came in, but we'll leave out with peace. We'll leave out God with help, with hope, with strength, and with your renewness. We thank you, and we thank you, God, this morning that you allowed us to be here. We pray that you have blessed Pastor Chris and the group as they're in Italy. We ask God that you are surrounded with your protection, and that God that you will bring them back safe and sound. We thank you, and we give you glory. Amen, and amen. So we thank God for this uh, series, Hope in Healing for Our World. How many know that it's important for hope in healing in our world? And we, of course, would be in Romans, as we go through Romans, we'll be spending the next few weeks studying Romans. Since a lot of us know that there are valuable lessons, say valuable, lessons to be learned and applied in our lives. When you look at Romans, when Paul wrote to the Romans, he he wanted them to understand both theologically as well as how they should apply the word or the gospel to their lives. And as Paul explains, which we will be in, which is Romans 12 today, that's what we're gonna be at in Romans 12. Uh, Paul explains in Romans 12, being right with God as, has many implications. <laughs> How many of you know that? When you look at 12, it has many implications. In verses 1 through 2, we see a few implications for Christians spiritual commitment to be right with God. Tell yourself, say, right with God. And in this passage, Paul, what he does, he lays out the practical implications of being right with God, beginning with the right response. How many of you know that it's all about your response? It's all about your response, considering God's grace. He said, It is your response to me. Considering God's grace, considering His mercy, when you look at chapter 1 through 11, He explains how good God has been to us. And since God has been good to us, since He's been uh, a faithful God, how many of you thank God for being faithful? How many of you thank God for His grace? How many of you thank God for His mercy? So, what Paul does, he said, it, it, it begins with your response. Look at 1 through 11. Because how good God has been to you, considering his mercies toward you, you should only have the right and the proper way of living as a living sacrifice. Let me drink on that. Say, living, <laughs> say, living sacrifice. And some of us got a problem with that. Let's be real, right? It's hard for me. It's hard for you. I don't want to be a living sacrifice all the time. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But when you look at this, uh, Paul, he knows that for that to happen, he said, in order for you to be a living sacrifice unto God, you must be renewed and reshaped through the gospel of Jesus Christ in your mind. How many of you know we can't do it ourselves? And how many of you want to be a living sacrifice? Say, when you say living, not my will, but your will be done, whatever you want me, God, I want to do your will. But he said, you can't be a living sacrifice if you don't have this together. How many know some of us are cuckoo? <laughs> Let's be real. How many of you know that we, sometimes we don't want to reshape our own minds? But how many of you know that we need someone bigger than us to reshape our minds? So my message today, if I will use for a sub- subject, it'd be God transform our minds. That's my prayer. Say it with me. Say, God transform my mind. I'm sure that some of you have heard the saying, the mind is the devil's playground. Have any of y'all heard that? (laughs) Instead of focusing on what is positive in life or thinking as Christ would, the enemy, he wants us to focus on the negative. How many of you know that? He wants us to focus on the negative. While focusing on God's will, and I can just speak for myself, the enemy, he constantly reminds me of my past failures. Have you been there? (laughs) And and when he reminds me of my past failures, my mind is distracted when the enemy plays tricks on my logic and prevents me from progressing in God. Say, my mind playing tricks on me. Y'all heard that song? Oh, y'all like, no, nah, I ain't hear that song yet, Shane. <laughs> but that's how it is when well, the enemy feels I feels like he's, he's playing mind tricks with me. Perhaps you experience the same thing in your mind. Deceit has infiltrated your mind, infiltrated your mind, and, and you think the worst of yourself. Have you been there? Where you thought the worst of yourself? Maybe you have personal negativity. I'm not good enough. Have you been there? Maybe you had relational negativity. Every time I trust someone, I am burned. So you got this barrier, this wall of trust issues. Maybe you're at a place where you have circumstantial uh, negativity in your life, where you feel like uh, uh, about regarding your circumstances and you look at your life and you're like, oh, my life can be better if I had a better job. My life could be better if I had a bigger house. My life could be better if I had more money. My life can be better. Life is not fair. Any of y'all been there? So now we have this circumstantial negativity that we, that we live in. And maybe some of you have this spiritual negativity. How many of you know some of us have spiritual negativity? Although God answers everyone else's prayer, he doesn't answer me. Have you been there? Where you think that God is too busy for you? you like, he answered everybody else. I'm going to church, I'm reading the scriptures, I'm in life groups, I'm doing everything I need to do. But at the end of the day, He's Where, he? "Where are you, God?" So we have this spiritual negativity in our lives. And since change always starts in the mind, the enemy seeks to defeat us right there. He seeks to defeat each and every one of us in our minds. And if, if, if we don't protect our minds, then our thoughts would become our reality and we would experience negative outcomes. I say, I don't want that. Then we start to walk out what we really think of ourselves. Then we start to walk out what we really believe in our what? Our minds. And I want to let you know why this is important this morning, because there's only one way to achieve transformed mind. And that is through the gospel and the power of God. Say the gospel and the power of God. There's none magical about it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's only through the power of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ. The Bible says this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. I'm going to read this. For though we live in the world, we do not what? Wage war as the world does. And then it goes on and said, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they will. They have divine power to demolish what? Strongholds. And then you go to five and say, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take what? Captive. Every thought to make it what? Obedient to who? Yourself? To who? It is therefore important that we cast down all perceptions and plans of our intellect and our heart that are against God's will. Woo. Say, yeah, you talking to me. Say, <laughs> I'm talking to myself too. When we replace every contrary thought that the enemy brings with God's thought, it is hard for him to use our mind as a playground. Then you can say, you ain't gonna have me this time. <laughs> so let's go to the word of God. So let's look at a script that affirms the importance of God renewing our minds during these dark and troublesome times in which we live in. And how many know that this is a dark and troublesome time that we're living in? And if we don't, we need the word of God and we need him at all times, right? So let's go to the word in Romans 12 and 2. And the purpose of this chapter is to explain how Christians' behavior and responsibility should be conducted in a fallen world in which we live in. So Paul, he, he urges his readers to, to take up the challenge of, of living a sacrifice life for the glory of God and to put their lives at the service of God. Say the service of God. You have to put your lives at the service of God. So when we think of a living sacrifice, we are simply referring to the act of putting aside our own desires to following something greater than ourselves. Say Greater. Are you willing to do that? <laughs> to, to put aside your own desire? Some of us are like, nah, Shane, I <laughs> give me next year, not this year. Some, some of y'all, I'm thinking some of y'all, y'all are like, yeah, not this year, Shane. I don't know about this. I don't want to put my own desires to the side. How many of you truly think? Don't raise your hands. Some of y'all about to raise your hands. <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot there. So, so Paul, he's telling us that the gospel is more than reading it. How many of you know that we all can read it? But it must influence every thought and aspect of our lives. It's more than just knowing a scripture, but it's about us living out what? The word of God. How many of you know that's hard? At times. Somebody say, it is. There we go. Thank you for your honesty. (laughs) So let's go to the word of God. Let's read this. And, And as believers, we will learn what we should avoid and what we should achieve. Say what I should avoid and what I should achieve. The Bible says this, and some of you say conform. Some of your translations say conform. But it says this in the NLT. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of what? This world. Oh, I don't know about that, Shane. Some of y'all, y'all like me, like, ah, that's kind of hard. And then it goes on and said, but let God transform you into what? An old person. Some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy, like, did you just mess up? I like y'all when y'all correct me. It says to transform you into what? a new person by changing the way you what? Think. And then it goes on and says, then you would know. I'm confused on knowing what God wants me to do. I don't know what he wants me to do. I don't know where he wants me to go. I don't know why, I don't know, I just don't know. And then he says this, then you would know what God wants you to do because it starts in your what? Thinking for you to know what God wants you to do. Ooh, say, thank you, Lord. And then it goes on and says this, and you would know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. So number one, I want you to write this down. We should avoid worldly contamination. As believers, as the children of God, we should avoid worldly contamination. Because why, how do you know that, Shane? Because the Bible says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Considering what Paul is saying, we must remember that we must not let the world or even the values of this world determine our behavior. Say, Lord, help me. How many of you need God's help this morning? He said, said, remember that we must not let the world and the world customs and the values of this world to determine our behavior. Does God, God's plan may slip through our fingers as we try to conform to the world's standard and we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't know the will of God because we are conforming to the values of this very world. infiltrating the world's practices into our minds is contrary to, to the word of God. Say contrary, not shames, but contrary to the word of God. And we must understand that there is a desire for the enemy to trick our minds so that you will fall victim to the lies he is telling you, not only about yourself, but also for the world to contaminate your thinking in the process as well. How many of you know that sometimes the world can contaminate our thinking and try to force us to put God's word out, our minds. But how many of you know that's a dangerous, let's say that's dangerous. So when, when reality t- television contradicts the true meaning of marriage, that God is at the center of the relationship, then there's a problem. How many of you know that our kids watching all kinds of stuff, Come on, listen to my YouTube and stuff. I'm like telling my daughters, where you get that from? What are you doing? Where you learn that from? If we're not careful, these things would change the way we think. When the world tells us that serving Christ is useless and that you do not get anything out of it, why go to church? That is what? A problem. If you find yourself confronted with a situation that says, take the world system and and force you to leave God out of it, then there is a what? Problem. The enemy wants us to be like a thermometer. Say thermometer. What do you mean saying a thermometer? I have those at home, but what do you mean? Adjusting to the temperature of the world to survive in this world. He wants us to what? Adjust to the temperature of the world. But I want you to say, Lord, help me this morning. But what I love about the word of God, I need, we all need God to remold our minds from within. Lord, I need you to to mold my mind from within instead of letting the world force you to to fit its mold. I don't want, I don't wanna be fit in this world, but I want the thinking in the mind of Jesus Christ so I know what it is that he wants me to do in my life as I'm here. Number two. what are we to achieve we are to achieve godly transformation avoid worldly contamination but we are to achieve as believers of Jesus Christ say godly transformation it is a, it is a godly they don't nobody really say you got to be boring or lame, say lame. Yeah, that's how we, Sometimes when we look at that, whew, I don't wanna be lame. That's not what he's saying. <laughs> but the Bible says this, how do you know? The Bible says this, it says, but let God in that scripture, let God transform you into what? A new person by changing the way you think. There's so much more to being a Christian than just knowing how to act as a believer and keeping God's word. There's so much more to get us transformed into the people of God, desire us to be. The word of God must be deeply planted in our minds and in our hearts. How many of you want God's word to be deeply planted? In your heart and in your mind. It is the Greek word for transform that Paul uses to describe a metamorphism. How many of you heard that? Occurs in a person's life when what, inspi- what transpires inside of them changes the way they perceive and live their life on the outside. He said, That's how your life should be. It's just like a caterpillar. The old, old body dies when it undergoes a metamorphosis under the influence of those scientists, under the influence of light, and it's replaced by a new body inside as a protective shell as it evolves into a butterfly. So what are you saying? There are some things that you have to die out of for transformation to take place in your life. Say die out of. In order for me to die out of certain things, I need God to transform my mind. I don't want to be like that no more, God. I need to, uh, help me, Lord, not to be like that person. Help me not to do this anymore, Lord. I need you to transform my way of thinking. Lord, I don't want that anymore. And he said when transformation takes place, it not only takes place within the inside of you, but then he said it takes place on the outside. You just fly like a butterfly. (laughs) Say, fly like a butterfly where you become free in who Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians says it like this. Second Corinthians five and 17. I'm almost done. And it says this, therefore, if anyone is what in Christ, the creation has come and it said the old has what gone. The new is what here. in his transformation of my mind, I am becoming a new creature in him where my old ways have died away and I'm willing to take on a new way of thinking and living. Say, Lord, help me with that. So despite what the enemy says, a person that is transforming their mind, they they keep their minds always focused on who? Jesus. and and don't pay any attention to what the enemy says about them. It is only when God changes your thinking that you will know what he wants you to do. How many of you know you have a hard time knowing what God wants you to do? He said, for you to know what I want you to do, I need to change and renew and transform what? Your mind. Say, Lord, Transform my mind. Don't let negative thoughts control your mind. Instead, replace them with God's thoughts. Say God's thoughts. <laughs> For the Bible says this, and this is one of the scriptures, Philippians 4 and 8, if you want to write this down, and it says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. This is Paul. Fix your thoughts on what is what? True. Fix your thoughts on honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, And then it goes on to say, think about things that are excellent and worthy of what? Praise. By, by thinking of these things that are spiritual, peaceful, lovable, you will use your mind effectively. How many of you know that we all wanna use our minds effectively? There's, it's, we have to be like David. David said this in and, and Psalms 51 and 10. He said it like this. He, he, I, I love this scripture. This is what David said. He said, create in me a new, clean heart. Oh, God, filled with clean what? Thoughts and right Desires. Say, Lord, I want the right desire, and I want clean thoughts. When when your mind wanders into negative territory this week, I want you to focus your attention on what is important. You should ask God to change your mind and transform your life. How did I get there, Shane? Meditate on the verses of the Word of God. Say meditate. Take time out of your busy schedule to praise God throughout the day. Even when it sucks, even when it doesn't go your way, you can still give God a praise. And as you're in prayer, when you have that time, Tell the Lord you give your mind to Him. Say, Lord, I give my mind to You. Remove any temptation, you know, that will lead me down the wrong path. Maybe it's inappropriate shows. How I many you know? Sometimes we can look at some inappropriate shows that change our thinking, right? Oh yeah, I know that's right. Yeah, slap him up a few times. Yeah, punch her. Yeah, she need to be punched. She got a, she got a mouth on her. Yeah, punch her. So, you know some reality shows? Sometimes we get, you watch reality. Don't act like you guys don't watch reality shows. You watch, you like, yes, punch her. Yeah, she talks so much. I want to do that to somebody in my life. <laughs> it can change the way you what? You think. So anything, I need God to remove any temptation, any uh, uh, conversation, any music, any, any movies that I may watch that may change the way I think. I may, I, Lord, even keep me from the people that don't have any, I don't want to say, okay, that don't do me any good. There we go. I'd use that. <laughs> keep me from them. And as you think about spiritual, peaceful, and lovable things, you are using your mind in a positive way. In my opinion, I would rather have my mind transformed by God than have the world mold my mind as it pleases. Can you imagine how much better life would be if we constantly prayed in ex-God to cleanse our minds of all empty and destructive thoughts to replace them with his word. Suppose we each lived a life whose purpose is to live out God's mercies. How might the world look if we did that? If we allow God to transform our minds in the way we, and what he desires, How would your life look? Say, Lord, I need you to help me. God, transform my mind. And like Pastor Chris said, he said, you have politicians, you have the government that want to all put their hands in the pot. Give us an idea of what's going to work. Tell us how it's going to work. But that's not where it starts. It starts with who? God himself and his word, which changed the way we think so that we know what his will is for our lives. And what the world is doing is trying to figure out the plan for your life and my life, (laughs) trying to figure out what they can do, how they should do it. But at the end of the day, everybody's confused because no minds have been what? Transformed. We just read it this morning. In order for you to know the will of God and what is best for your life, your mind must be what? Transformed and shaped and what? Renewed. So our prayer should be, Lord, renew the minds of those that sit places in government. Transform their minds so they know what's best for all of us. Amen. So this week, I want you to pray and thanks God to transform your minds. As we go into communion, and I believe this is a a good day to do that, to have communion. And right after communion, if any of you need prayer, you can definitely make sure you come up here. And if you want to talk, I'll be right in the back. You want me to pray for whatever the case may be, I'll be right in the back. But before we do that, we're going to take communion. Some of y'all are not happy about it. Well, it's not real wine. Is it real wine, Shane? No, I don't know. If it's real, I'll take it. I'm just playing. (laughs) Some of y'all laughing like, (laughs) if it was real, I'll take it. Yeah, (laughs) but how many of you know that we want to prepare our hearts? Prepare us, Lord, as we take communion I pray and ask God, that you would touch each and every one of us. We thank you for your word. And we pray that you will continue to bless each and every one of us to walk out your word, not to just be hearers of your word, not to only just be uh, scriptures, reading scriptures, Lord, but that we would be doers of your very word. And bless us, God, as we continue to walk this life according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.